If they like what you're saying, they will buy what you're selling. Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. And welcome to another edition of your personal branding podcast. And this particular episode, we focus on the book publishing and marketing. And I have an expert all the way from Greece with me, Nicolas Rossi. Nicolas, welcome to the podcast show. Thank you very much, Bernard. It's lovely to be here. It's a pleasure, I treasure. Nicolas is an international award-winning writer. My children fiction books, blogs, and does so many things on his website from nicolasrossi.me. Nicholas, I want you to gradually tell us how you got into writing fiction, your gradual story as an author. I know every author has a story, the beginning process, or what you call the aha moment. What is yours? Well, <laughs> it's, um, I always liked to write. I mean, I was one of those boys that at school, they did not exactly dread the essay writing, but actually enjoyed it. <laughs> and uh, as I grew up, I didn't do so much writing. I started doing other stuff. You know, I became an engineer, just uh, like my dad wanted and that sort of thing. So um, then I did architecture. I studied architecture in Edinburgh. Uh, got a PhD, actually, there. But I've never been on anything, so I would be useless <laughs> practicing that. Then I started working in web design which I've been doing for the past 20 years or so, uh, which is nice because it actually gave me all the skills that I needed to promote my books later on. And then a few years ago, I was in a very stressful place uh, business-wise, and uh, I found that writing, and I started writing my Persis series, was a wonderful way of um, dealing with that, coping with that. So I came up with this idea of um, a world that was starting afresh, and in a sense, it was what Martin did in Game of Thrones. He took the medieval England and transferred it into the realm of fantasy. So I did the same thing with uh, ancient Greece. Perseus is very much based on Herodotus' writing and his uh, Cyrus' Rise of the Prince. And um, amazingly enough, it got published. And I actually got a check at the end of that. So I was just uh, aghast. Wow, people liked my story. But then for a couple of years, I didn't do anything with it until the purses started. So that's pretty much my story. From then on, it just went on and on. For the past couple of years, I've published um, seven books in total, and I've got another two about to be published. So it's now becoming pretty much a full-time thing. Uh, Nicholas, that's an interesting. What caught my attention in your story is that your point made you pursue architecture. Then you, you did that for them, you got a PhD in all that in those areas, but deep down within it means you have passion, you are gifted in the area of writing. Yes, and I wish I had realized that sooner, you know. I feel like, you know, on one hand, I feel like I've wasted a lot of time doing other stuff. On the other hand, I'm grateful for all that other stuff because it gave me a lot of skills that I realize I now need. For example, uh, your brand building and marketing. It all has to do with what I've been doing for the past 20 years um, with my web design company. And it's all been about promoting people on the internet. As you can see, being in Greece, it's not easy promoting my work in the States, for example, or internationally. And uh, 
you're from Ghana, you're in Ghana at the moment, and yet you're talking to me in Greece, and that's because you found me on the internet. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing about this medium, that you can reach you know, billions of people, and it's just amazing. Mm, that is true. So the, the, the point here is that it's not really what, what even you studied or what happened to you, it's how you mold it and make it something more profitable and meaningful. What a lovely way to look at it. Yes, absolutely. It's not what happens to you. It's what you make out of it. Great, great. So you've got 20 years of experience in all this field and into internet business marketing. Now let's delve deeper into the art of book writing and marketing. Let's get a focus from how you use your uh, Greek analogy to write stories for kids. Can you share some few lessons from in your writing process and using that metaphor to share stories for kids? Well, that's another aspect, of course. I mean, the children writing was something completely different. It, I had already published Perseus, and actually, I hadn't. I, I was I was first writing, started writing a poem, a silly little poem that came to my head one night. <laughs> and much of my inspiration comes in dreams, so I'm very big on that. I have a notebook right next to my bed, so I can jot down anything that comes to mind during. The, the, the night, the evening, the, during the night. And um, it came out as a simple poem. Then I met a friend of mine who's an illustrator, and he said, um, why don't we turn this into a children's book? And he does children's books illustrations. His uh, Dimitri Fusekis ended up doing the illustrations for my Runaway Smile book, children's book, which is the one that you mentioned earlier when you said I'm an award-winning author. That's the one that's won an award. And... Uh, it's a beautiful book. I don't know. I, I fell in love with it. <laughs> I just love that particular book. Uh, it's a similar thing. It's about 5,000 words long, so it's not exactly my magnus opus. But it's uh, probably the favorite thing I've ever written. I think it's very sweet and uh, cute. And that's why I've, I've actually made it available on the Internet for people to read for free on my blog, just because I like it so much that I just want to share, you know? Oh, great. Now, Nicholas Rossi, let's, let's look at it some of the challenges, struggles that the authors face. I know you work with a couple of authors even building website and business. What are some of the common uh, issues of self-published authors that they face that we can help them out? I think the main issue that every author faces nowadays, even if you were traditionally published, I mean, unless you're Stephen King, you have to compete against all the other authors. Yeah. And uh, I read somewhere that every day there are 6,500 books published. So that's a huge number. I mean, yeah, very huge. Yeah, how can you compete against that? And the answer is, in a sense, you don't compete against it. You obscurity is your enemy, and one way of um, beating obscurity is to connect with other authors. So instead of seeing them as your enemy, if you like, I see other authors as my friends because I see that we're all out there to fight obscurity to fight um, the common enemy, which is illiteracy, for example. So I'm participating in various um, groups that aim to teach children how to read. And that sort of thing. And that's, I think, that, that is very important to remember, that there are two ways to approach a problem like this. One is to be very competitive, and the other is to work with others well. And I think it's important that people focus on the second one, because the first one is self-defeating, mm-hmm. in my view anyway. No, so our, our first enemy is that first of all we need to look at that 
that we are coming against a large number of authors daily, books are being published daily, and so it means that your first way is to really to stand out in, in, in from the branding perspective. You really must to stand out in order to even to build traction. So the point. That's very true. The, the point mm-hmm. is, how do we start building that traction or coming out from obscurity as new authors? What What are your advice to them? Well, um, the main thing that I suggest to people is, first of all, you've got to build your platform. And I've actually published a nice blog post that's very popular, which is um, called, I just published my book, now what? So, so the very first thing you need to do is build your platform. And what I need by platform is... I've got a Twitter page, I've got a Facebook page, I've got a blog, and I blog almost daily. To me, that's the main part of my platform. Uh, it's all about a space where people can meet with you, where they connect, can connect with you. And although I am an author, I'm very aware that people are not going to connect with me because they read my book. Usually it's the other way around. So the first connect with me, the first get to know who is Nicholas, and then they start reading my books. And the interesting thing about that is I've got this saying that goes, if they like what you're saying, they will buy what you're selling. Mm. And I think that to me, that's the essence of brand building. I'm trying to build a brand that's focused around my personal qualities. And in my personal life, I like to be fun and uh, I like to be helpful. I very much like helping people out and I very much like to be genuine. So I'm one of those people who just don't do proper um, PR, if you like, just because I'm too honest to, to do that. I just can't do it. Uh, whatever I feel, I have to blur it out. <laughs> so those are, in a sense, my weaknesses, but also those are my strengths because people, um, they like that and they respond to that. So once people get to know me through my blog, I've noticed that they usually end up buying my books. So those, I've made... Those three things, my, my basic tenets, if you like, of my brand. Um, building a brand that's fun, that's helpful, and that's genuine. Well, I think those are strong pillars of a brand building as an author. Like, it's, looking at an author platform, that uh, authenticity is the key. Yeah, it's like you're real, you're genuine. Nicholas is, is who he is, and what he writes about doesn't really uh, get any fake or any way, but it's audience find that, okay, I can really connect with him because he's not just putting anything out there because he wants to build an author platform or want to make money, but he wants to be real and helpful to people offering value upfront. Exactly. For example, today, um, I designed a t-shirt that has the logo of Runaway Smile, the children's book. And there are two ways you can go about doing that. You can say, okay, I've got the design, so people go and buy that. And I've set up a shop on Zazzle that allows people to buy it off Zazzle. But what I've also done, because I like it so much to share with people, you know, that's just me. So instead of going against that instinct, what I did was I also put the design available on the Internet. So on that same post where I say, people, you can buy it off Zazzle, I also say, but if you want to do it for free, then just download this file, and it's the actual Illustrator file that the designer gave me. And uh, that's the file I used to go on Zazzle and do it. So you're welcome to do it yourself. You're welcome to go to your lo- local printers, for example, or T-shirt company or whatever, and just um, print as many of these T-shirts as you like. And that's cool as well. You know, I'm, I'm happy with that. I just like to share, like just like that feeling of um, uh, helping others, in a sense. Well, you're, you're just a genuine giver. 
just providing the design for them to go. You can, you can do it yourself, or if you don't, you can also buy it. I think I like this model. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Me too, actually. <laughs> wow. So, in, in the long run, how, how has your your generosity panned out for you in the area, especially as an author? You give out a lot of value out from blog posts, even a gift like this. How has it panned out, and how can other authors learn from your from from your skill like this? Well, there are two ways. I share everything that I have done wrong, and I share everything that I do right. So, hopefully, people are going to be able to learn from both of them, <laughs> from both my mistakes and everything that I've done right. And an example of this is I did a, what I called a call to arms the other day, a few, a couple of months ago, which was essentially asking for people to send me their successes and failures with advertisers. So every time they went, for example, to somebody like a book pub and uh, they published, the, sorry, they advertised their books, I wanted to hear how much they spent and how many sales they ended up uh, making out of that. And then I compiled that into graphics, into an Excel spreadsheet, which I then published on my blog. And I want, I want everything to be transparent because in my view, it's important that we all work together towards the same goal, which is um, to sell our books effectively. Um, so I want to know how many uh, books I can sell through Fussy Librarian or through BookBub or through ENT, which one of these is the most successful? And I think it's important that we work together towards this goal. I mean, there are people out there, um, marketeers, marketeers out there who are wonderful and they work so hard to make sure that our books will sell. But there are also some people out there who are not quite so good and um, they charge an awful lot of money and they give back nothing in return. I want to know both of these and, you know, I've screwed up. I've gone with someone that I've paid a lot of money and not got something out of it. And I've been with some people who are wonderful and I've paid uh, not so much money actually and uh, made wonderful sales. So I need people, I want people to have this information. And that's what this uh, call to arms has been all about. And last week I published the first results, the preliminary results, which were from about a hundred different... Um, data, pieces of data that I had uh, compiled. So you could see immediately how important that was to people. I got that day something like uh, 2,000 hits on my blog, which is not bad at all. So in a sense, I win because people connect to me and they find out what I write. And that fights obscurity in a wonderful way. And at the same time, I'm giving something back because I'm sharing something that's very important to people, as you can imagine. Mm, oh, I think I, I read I read that blog post that's really informative, really well resourced with all the raw data and how you can really, uh, I mean, you know where where your marketing goes and how the things you are getting from and what really works and what doesn't really work. It was just raw and genuine, very very well written, well well done. Thank you. I'm very glad to hear that you that you liked it because that was exactly the thinking behind it. I I, I have this need to have everything as transparent as possible. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's, that's a rare value and uh, and a quality people possess. That uh, no, let me let me let me keep it to myself and just share a little bit. <laughs> yes, exactly. And people don't realize that usually it works against them. So every time they try to keep something themselves, they end up shooting themselves in the foot. As far as I'm concerned, I think it's far more efficient to share with people 
And, uh, you know, if you screw up, for example, somebody said on, on cold to arms, I've used that and didn't have any sales. And I say, fine, that's great. Send me your data and I will include that in uh, the next uh, results that I publish. Because it's, it's, it's a process. It's, I'm not claiming to have found the perfect uh, solution for authors, you know. I'm just saying, okay, guys, I'm here in here with you. And together we can figure it out. I think that's also important, you know, not, not to, to be on your high horse and start pretending that you have all the answers. Because nobody does. <laughs> that is true. I think recently, I don't want to even know that Amazon Kindle has changed their, their, uh, their unlimited policy where authors no only get a uh, percentage for their book read, but only, only a portion of which the reader reads. Yes. And uh, a lot of questions or authors are complaining here and there. I, I don't know what, you, what your thought on that anyway, because they think that it's not fair, others think it's fair and all that. We are looking at new trends and new happenings in the digital front area of uh, publishing. Amazon has new policy here and there. Now let's look at what are we likely to see in the upcoming years in the area of uh, altering and publishing? What are the things that we're supposed to be looking out for, the surprises and how we need to position ourselves especially as authors? And uh, okay. Um, well, first of all, let me say that the Kindle Unlimited thing is actually kind of funny because um, a lot of authors have been complaining for a while now that it's just not fair that people who write, say, a 20-page book can ask the same money as somebody who writes a 200-page book. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> in a sense, Amazon listened to those complaints and then took it to an entirely different level. <laughs> Which was okay, fine. Uh, then people will just uh, decide how much they're going to pay you. Which <laughs> <laughs> was just brilliant. <laughs> uh, having said that, I can see why some people are upset. For example, um, Runaway Smile, because it has all illustrations. It's not exactly a big book, you know, it's, it's some 60 pages long. So even if you read it from end to end, I'm still going to get less money than I might from Perseus, which is 300 pages long. That's right. But that's, yeah, but th that's okay. I mean, that's fine. And don't forget that Kindle Unlimited is just one part of the, of the weapons that Amazon has in its arsenal. And as far as I'm concerned, I have no means, the means to um, distribute my books far beyond anything that any author has had for thousands of years. I mean, if you consider the history of authoring and of publishing, and you consider how even in the, in the 19th century, we didn't used to have what we call today the big five. We didn't have the big publishing houses. That all came later in the 20th century. And in the 19th century, pretty much everyone was effectively self-employed. So all the authors had to do all the work themselves. Instead today, I just hit a button, and um, my books can be read by somebody in the States, which is like uh, 12 hours before me, 12 time zones uh, away, or in Australia or in Japan. And, you know, it's, it's a wonderful feeling when you have people living in Japan, for example, um, comment on my blog. It's just shocking in a sense. It's wonderful and it's beautiful. So I'd love to see these barriers come down. And Amazon has done a wonderful job at that, which is why... Um, I don't take people seriously when um, they complain about Amazon. I'm like, yes, sure, but they're not exactly the evil guys that you present to be. They are actually um, they have the leaders of a revolution that was going to happen anyway. Just because now we can. 
So I expect to see more of that. Uh, Amazon will probably continue to come up with um, new ways to sell our books. And we can either see this as an opportunity or we can see it as a challenge. I think it's hugely important that we focus on the opportunity side of things. I mean, sure, you can say that um, by changing the kind, the, the way that Kindle Unlimited works, that through a wrench um, in, 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 in the works of a number of authors. But at the same time, it allows you to do things differently and probably much better. Mm-hmm. That's right. No. Now, Nicholas, I wanted to give us maybe your top five tips or advice in the area of book marketing and publishing. What what are the five take-home for authors? What do you need to do? Actionable tips right away after this uh, podcast. Um, first of all, remember that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You're not going to get famous and popular in a couple of months unless you are the exception to the rule. The second bit would be build your platform. So allow people to reach to reach you and to, to get to know your books and read your books. If you want to make uh, a living fast out of it, then you can choose what to write. And there are two ways of writing. One is uh, you find something that sells, uh, a hot topic of today, and you write a book around that. And you can do that much easier now because um, you can write a book in a couple of months. Uh, have it proofread and have it edited and then have publish it in maybe three to four months uh, for the total thing, which you could never do before um, indie publishing became big. You could never do through a traditional, you could still can't do through a traditional publisher. The second way is to be an artist. So you can write something and then start very gradually selling that something to people just because it's not hot at the moment, for example. Um, whichever way you choose, my take would be, it's fine. Depending on what you're aiming to get out of this, it's okay. You do not need to despair if you pass a month and you have no sales. And uh, you, that does not mean that you're doing something right. I mean, as writers, we we tend to agonize a lot. We constantly think, oh, I'm doing something wrong. My book is not selling. Why is it not selling? <laughs> we, we tend to be very... Um, worried about these things. <laughs> so my advice would be just rise, try to have fun along the way. It's a much better, it's a much better journey that way. And because it's probably going to last a few years before you can make a living out of it, decent living out of it. Um, it's important to deal with it as a job and not forget that you're in it for the long run. So try not to sacrifice the fun you're having and uh, the long-term benefits in order to make a quick buck just now. Mm. I'm not sure how many um, hints were they. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing would be to uh, use everything that Amazon has at its disposal. I mean, a wonderful way of um, promoting your books is just take advantage of everything that's been set up there for you to do so. And Amazon allows you to have free days. It allows you to have countdown deals. It even allows you to have uh, advertisements on Amazon's own space. Take advantage of these things. They're there for a reason, because they work. And even a lot of people say nowadays that free days don't work. That's not my experience. I think that free days still work, only differently. So it used to be that you had one book, you'd only publish the one book, you'd run five free days, and then it would continue to sell for the next month or so. That doesn't happen anymore. But what happens is, if you have a couple of books out there, you run free days on the one book, 
and people buy the rest of your books. So it's just a different way of this thing working out for you. I've uh, actually published an A to Z guide, as I call it, which is how both my books reached number one on Amazon. And uh, that has to do with choosing a sub-genre that doesn't have too much competition. Mm -hmm. And then uh, running a few free days. And it's very simple, very easy to do. And if you go on my blog, you, you'll find that. It's, again, one of my most popular posts. Uh, as far as I can tell, it's worked for everybody that um, I've heard from. <laughs> as long as the subgenre is not too competitive, then it has no reason why your book cannot reach number one on Amazon, at least one in its life. That, that's interesting, yeah. Hmm. But still, the most important thing for me is uh, just that have fun, and then you can be fun, you know? And uh, be real, be true, be who you are, and uh, try to let that shine through everything you do. All your marketing should reflect who you are. So if you're not into Facebook, for example, fine, don't use Facebook, because you've also got Twitter, you've got Pinterest, you've got uh, your blog, you've got uh, Google+, Plus, your gazillion of things that you can use. So there's no, there's this agony, like I said, this stress that we others put ourselves through, which is... Um, Oh, I read here that somebody used Pinterest and he sold a thousand books in a month. I should be using Pinterest as well. But it doesn't work that way, you know. That somebody probably did something right as well. But it doesn't mean that that's you, that that's going to work out for you. You could go on Pinterest and waste a couple of months and nothing happened. Or you could go on Pinterest and find that this is actually the best thing since uh, sliced bread. And why haven't you been using that? So it takes a lot of experimentation. But I feel that as long as you're trying to have fun, that's okay. Mm, so the bottom line is whatever happens, make sure you're having fun along the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that sounds like good bottom line to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds like a lot of challenge to a lot of authors, especially upcoming authors. They really want to make money online. So uh, how do I have fun? <laughs> I, have this, I have this example. I'm, I've actually scheduled um, for next week this post, which is uh, about a woman that sold 12,000 books in the first couple of months, wow. which is an amazing number, as you know. Yeah, and um, the way she did it is she identified a very hot trend, which was um, romance with um, siblings. Uh, I don't mean actual siblings. It's usually one of those situations where uh, my dad meets, uh, is divorced, your mom is divorced, boy meets a girl. They're not actual brother and sister, but there is something of a sort there, and um, it's... It has this forbidden thing, and it has this... So that's a very hot trend at the moment in romance. So she identified that, and she very specifically wrote a book that takes advantage of that. As a result, that was her first book, and she sold 12,000 copies, and that was amazing. That was brilliant. And uh, that's one way to deal with it, and that's one way to do it. And that's fine. The other way is to... It's much slower, but I suppose it's uh, just as... Uh, effective in the long run it just takes more time i uh, hope authors will take that slowly in and, and but but lastly as we end let's look at what are other um, forms of income can an author generate aside publishing his book let's share some few with us um. well that's a question that no author wants to answer simply because we don't make much <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my personal income is something like $100 uh, every month, and it's been up to maybe 500 at the most, for the very simple reason that I, I then have to spend that money, though, um, for advertisements. So usually when my book is advertised, it will sell something like um, 
hundreds or yeah, a few hundred, like six hundred copies. When it's not advertised, it will sell something like uh, fifty or sixty copies each month. So, if the one way one way to make this work is to have a lot of books, obviously, the more books that you have, then obviously the more you do this. The other way is um, to run a free day every month or every other month in such a way as not to cannibalize your sales. For example, if I run a free day on the bundle, as I call it, which is um, a collection of three of my person, three of my person's books, then obviously nobody's going to buy for the next few months any of the actual books. Mm. So it's a fine balance. You have to work out what works for you and for your own books and then find the best way to do this. Um, I know people who make a living out of this, so it can be done, I'm sure. <laughs> but for now, for me, it's just uh, a nice side earner on top of whatever I make through web design. Great. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Nicholas Rossi. Nicholas, what would be your billion dollar advice to the world? Uh, be true to yourselves. I mean, it's, for me, there's no point in making money and uh, hating yourself during the process. I've got this saying that I've got that I've put in process, which is there is no worse failure than succeeding through the wrong means. That would be my advice. Well, I like that. I like that. Thank you, uh, Nicholas. Where can uh, listeners get in touch with you and all your all your consultancy services, your web links, and all? Any way we can just contact with you for your books and resources. The best way for people to contact me would be through my blog which is uh, nicholasrosses.me I spell Nicholas N-I-C-H which is unusual but that's nicholasrosses.me or .com both work uh, I always respond to comments and there is a lot of things to read there uh, when it comes to book marketing because like I said everything that I've learned on writing and on marketing and uh, promotions I've put online so I share with the world and I think it's important that people read that, they share that, and then they share with others, so we can both work together to fight uh, obscurity and to fight illiteracy. Oh, great. So, listeners, just contact Nicholas Rossi and just visit the website for all the resources. That is N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-R-O-S-S-I-S dot me or dot com. Thank you. Okay, great. Nicholas is Thank you very much for having me, Bernard. It was um, a delight. At this point, I want to recommend my latest book, Reputation Management, 99 Ways to Build and Boost Your Brand Visibility. This book guides you with simple tips on how to manage your social media activities and your brand reputation online and offline. So what do you need to do and not to do, how to attract clients that you want. So head on to Amazon now and just get a copy of the book, Reputation Management, 99 Ways to Build and Boost Your Brand Visibility. The best is yours.